You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No hey, this is Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to my podcast. You can't say that on the Broadway Podcast Network. I wonder with this world that we live in of screens and surveillance capitalism and the capturing of our behavior and predicting of our behavior and behavior modification, if people even think anymore about like, what is the meaning of my life? What is the purpose of my being here? And I trust that there are still some homo sapiens like myself left in the world who are interested in that. And so um, I've done some podcasts about indigens and psychotherapy. And today's guest is um, a friend who I first met on my uh, path of self-development. I was interested in Eva Paracco's Pathworks, and I discovered her as a Pathworks instructor. She holds a master's degree in sexuality and education from New York University. She's a senior pathwork helper and teacher, a core energetic trainer. Um, she teaches master classes in love. She uses breath to access your essential self. She is an ordained minister, and uh, I adore her. And so please join me in welcoming Reverend Barbara Azara. I take a big breath here, and I almost feel like crying. Oh. Well, I remember when I first met you. Yes. And it was right after you won the Tony, and you were in New York. I was in California. And it, it really is a blessing right now that you ask that question. With this broken, chaotic world, you know, how do I wake up every morning with my life purpose? Mm -hmm. Which is, I do the St. Francis prayer. I say every morning, dear God, let me be a vessel mm -hmm. for your life. Because we, I, you, have to bring love into this world. And when I listen to the news at night and when I talk to people, I can't lose my enthusiasm 
or my passion mm-hmm. for what is, and here I'm going to say it on TV or whatever, for God. Mm. See, I know that you know my main teacher for all these years, besides Buddhism and whatever, was Emmanuel. Tell us about and, what Emmanuel, who Emmanuel is. Uh, Emmanuel is an out-of-body spirit. Well, he was my teacher, channeled by Pat Rodegas, and I met her th- while studying with Eva. And Emmanuel once said, I said to him, who are you? And, and he said to me, I'm you without fear. Mm. Mm. And I think when you go, Mm-mm, you know, <sighs> that who would I be? What were the choices that I would make if I didn't have my ego and Wayne Dyer, who I used to love, who was one of my teachers. I had everybody as a teacher. I was very blessed. Tell us who your teachers were. Okay. I started with Leo Biscaglia. Mm. I was, I mean, I'm sure you know everybody that I know. (laughs) I was getting a divorce. I was married 25 years. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't even know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I read his book. And then I read a book by Ramdas, and Ramdas was the one who introduced me to Emmanuel. And I had Wayne Dyer, Emmanuel, Ramdas, Eva, John Piarakis. I mean, I really I get lost naming the people because how did I get everyone into a simple formula? Mm. I'm going to tell you something else. And interrupt me because I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> the 12-step program is the most amazing program because it's almost free. And what it says to you is my life has become unmanageable because of my addiction. Mm. And what Emmanuel taught me was fear, was the final addiction Mm. on the planet, beyond the sex, beyond um, the overeating, beyond alcohol, beyond drugs. It's fear. Talk to me about fear as an addiction, because fear, I feel like I grew up in so much fear that my, I became very sort of contrarily addicted to fear in that if you're going to make me afraid, then you're going to have to do it because I'm not going to be afraid. So whatever it is you're threatening me with, you better bring it on because I'm not, I, I, I'd rather just experience whatever the threat is than be afraid. So, you know, I, I feel like I have a different experience about that in many ways. So tell me about, talk to me about fear as an addiction. Well, I want to take in what you just said. One of the things I noticed that everybody is so um, intent on solving everybody else's problems. Oh, yes. So that they don't even listen. So I want to hear what you just said. So you are, um, see my fist? (laughs) I heard you, you know. I hear that your personality, your defense and I take a big breath here, is to battle with fear. You yes. Know? And, and so I used to be like that. 
but I would never let myself know I was afraid. And so I hear what you say, but that's one of the reasons you are where you are is because of that. My whole thing, what I had to learn was to be vulnerable. Yeah, I definitely have to learn that too. Yeah, I mean, and I know that and I love you and I love when you used to come to visit me. So I know like today I had a massage and the woman said to me, Barbara, what are you afraid of? Mm. She says, your fingertips are rigid. Mm. Your toes are rigid. I was molested as a child, mm. you know, by a neighbor. So my body holds my fear. My mind holds fear as an adversary. Mm. And I'm always willing to go to battle. I'm not anymore. And I always say to, you know, whoever will listen to me, in the few years that I have left, I want to welcome my life. And one of the things that Eva taught was that most people are afraid of living. Mm. I don't know if I would say I've ever been a, felt afraid of living, but... I, I recently came from um, uh, doing a journey trip to Peru, and um, what came up for me that I thought I had managed, it seemed to have gone away, was I always had a sense of just not wanting to exist, that there was nothing here about this life. There was no amount of wealth or celebrity or money that could make all of the bad of the planet worth it. And I thought I had managed that. And then I got to Peru and it hit me hard. And the facilitator there said, well, next ceremony, why don't you try to find the little child in you and see if you can source it? And what came up for me was remembering the beatings I used to get from my mother when I was, you know, two years old. My God. And um, what was coming up for me was that she was beating me because I existed, because my existence had ruined her life. And, you know, it sort of opened up for me. Well, of course, if your existence is a cause for this kind of pain that makes you want to leave your body, then existence is something you don't want to have because that's what it's going to bring. And so much of my life, I think I just magnetized more and more of that. And I hope that I'm moving into a space where I don't need to keep re, 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 redoing that, trying to work that out, you know? Well, I want to give you a big hug. Okay, I'll take it. And I think, see, I started as a sex therapist and, and an educator because I used to teach little kids. And then I became a pathwork helper. And in the pathwork, there's a lecture number 73. It's called Recreation of Childhood Hurts. Mm. And that's really profound. And I, I'm not even going to go into it. But when I met Emmanuel, Emmanuel's taught me that when we were in spirit, and so Tanya, I have to be with people who believe in a soul. See, I, I'm not a therapist anymore. I am real. What I call, I went through being a helper, uh, being a verifier for your existence. Then I went into a reminder 
of who you are. No, you're not the child that your mother beat. You're more than that. Then just recently, I started calling myself a mirror for the soul. Mm. So my work is really based on remembering who you are. But who are we? Okay. You are an incarnation of God. See, so my work is very God-based. And you have to look many years ago. I don't I don't even know how old you are. I'm I 57. How old are you? God bless. Um, and you we're gonna have 57. I'm exactly 57, 67, 77, 30 years old. Today. Okay. So when I first got my divorce, I threw myself into everything. And I did something called est and then actualization. And there was a man, one of the few men in a body, because I <laughs> studied people without body. They don't bother me, you know. So Stuart Emery said to me, you are an incarnation of God. God created you. Well, I didn't, I read the Bible, but I sort of didn't. <laughs> and he said to me, what you're doing is sabotaging yourself. With your ego, you are edging God out. I never ego edging God out. That's really profound. And he said to Barbara, one day you're going to learn that God, and excuse me, doesn't make shit. Mm. And it's been my lesson to really see why am I afraid? I am the, the co-creator. So when you say about this broken world, then I get, how can we have leaders that are so broken and thwarted if we're all made in God's image? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, and this is a question I wanted to ask you because one of I've been doing this meditation um, for a while. I did it for about four or five months on the science of greatness. And what the meditation asks of you is to let go of your stories about the brokenness of the world and to put your attention on the fact that where we are right now is so much further along and so much more evolved than we ever have been in history and that everything and everyone 
is in a process of evolving towards higher levels of good. And it's, we're just not done. We're just not done. And to, and there are no accidents. And there to, are no accidents. Right. And to contribute our consciousness to the, the belief in everyone being in process of getting better and better and better. So I wanted to ask you from someone who's been around for 87 years, do you see that? Do you see this kind of evolving towards higher levels of good? I don't know if you can see my face. I can see your face. I am one of the most happiest little puppies in the world. <laughs> Three of my husbands died. And I, I am with people. Like last night I had dinner with somebody that I used to counsel. She moved to where I am living. She has Parkinson's and her husband has stomach cancer. We had such fun together mm. because I no longer listen to the stories. I don't work with people who say I am a victim because what I've learned, Tanya, people who insist on not taking responsibility for their creation and are being a victim, my mother beat me, whatever, are usually the perpetrators. Mm. And I love that. You know, yeah, terrible things happened to me. But guess what? Because I was violated as a child, I work with sexuality. Mm. You know, I I love, in, in the 80s, I worked with homosexuals, you know, and getting them not to feel guilty or, you know, to come out and, and love who they are. So what my work is simply to love who you are. But the problem is I had to learn that about myself first. Mm. And so I am just blessed. Mm. You know, I, I you know, I've experienced anti-Semitism, I've experienced loss. And that's what I tried to started to say before. The fear of loss. And I take a big breath. You know, the fear of loss keeps us from living our lives. Mm. The truth is, that's what happens in life. Yeah, we lose so everything. You're going to lose your father. You're going to lose your mother. You're going to lose your job. Your hair, your hearing, your sight. Your hair looks good. Well, I just had it cut, which is a great story. <sighs> but, yeah, I was in Brazil. And I used to have my hair pulled back tight in a ponytail. And one of the women said, you look so harsh. <laughs> and so I decided <laughs> I'm not going to be take a, offense of that. And I took it out, you know, the, the whatchamacallit, the bobby pins, and my hair fell down in ringlets. And I really saw and that's another big lesson. When I get offended by something that you say to me, am I defending? Is there some truth in there? So you cannot hurt me unless I believe in what you're saying. Mm. So I cut my hair and this is it. And I take a shower and I tell you, I'm so glad to see you <laughs> because... I learned so much since Adriano died, mm. you know, and 
I that's what I want to teach about now. Death, midwifing people through death. Yeah, you know, so many people are checking out right now, and young people. Yeah, people. And, and and that's the hardest thing when I see my students who have lost children. Mm. And then I say, I'm complaining because my hip hurts me. Mm. Oh, where is my attention? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't remember what the question was. Well, we were talking about fear as an addiction and you were saying the fear of loss. But I, I start thinking about the screens and is the, you know, addiction to being on a screen. And I'm guilty. I am addicted to these screens. Um, fear of just being alive, of having having to be present. Uh, you know, that's the thing I think about as I but pick up my what, screen or hold my screen all the time. It's so much easier than having to be present in my body or present want, with my thoughts it. and my feelings or present with my loneliness or, you know. But that's what it is. And so when I work with people, we take a breath. I don't talk. I said, let's just be present. Yeah. With your loneliness. Mm. I can't fix it for you. And so I have almost, I don't, if this is going to go on the radio, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. But I almost have contempt for what we think therapy can do. Mm. That's not the room I live in. Mm. I really uh, I got to be a reverend. I got to be a spiritual teacher. I don't. Oh, I'm going to tell you a little story. When I was present with, pregnant with my son, who is now 62, I was teaching in a bilingual school. And uh, I was teaching five plus Three. You know what five plus three is, don't you? Yes, I yeah. think I do. Okay. I think it's eight. Oh. And I bought I bought in pencils and toothpicks and colored paper and everything. And I spent all morning teaching that five plus three, eight take away three. And I called up this little boy. Now it's years ago. I I remember his name and his address. Mm. I thought he should have ended up president of the United States. Mm. I called him up and I said, okay, now you teach it to the class. His head dropped down on the floor, you know. And I said, the answer is not on the floor. And then he looked up at the ceiling Mm. and I said, nor is it on the ceiling. And I was so angry, you know, and... It was a long time ago, and I wasn't the person I am now. And I said to him, I have spent all morning teaching you this. And before he threw up at me, he said to me, if you had taught it to me, I would have learned it. Mm. That's the lesson <laughs> here. So you go to a, you know, a therapist's office and you pay money for them to fix you. Well, that's what Buddhism is about. If I am attached to somebody outside of me, giving me the answers, helping me, fixing me, I'm never going to be happy. Mm. And and that's as simple as it is. Attachment to anything outside of yourself. Sylvia Bornstein, I can name a million people. I am such gratitude. Jack Cornfield, that 
Joseph Goldsmith, all those Buddhists. But I think the one thing you have to fix is yourself. And then anybody that comes to you will stand in your loving. Mm. Mm. I think it's taken me, you know, all of these decades to finally even be able to comprehend that you actually can't fix anything other than yourself and that the fixing of yourself is not an action. It's a being. It's a being present with self as self is and watching it keep I'm transforming. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The being with it as it is, not moving to fix it, change it to the being with it. And um, the only thing that I think where I would say it, it is in action, understanding is the booby prize of life. <laughs> Oh, lost your voice, lost your voice. Okay, let me come uh, now, okay? You said understanding is the booby prize of life, and, and then I didn't right. hear you. Okay, maybe I didn't say anything. because You when did. I do your that, mouth was moving. We just lost sound. Okay, so when I teach in a foreign country, they don't even know what a booby prize is. <laughs> so, and I don't speak any other language, which is really interesting. And what I've learned is there are so many people, you go, you hear lectures, and they lecture and they have concepts, but they ain't living the life. Mm. So, mm. I mean, I could read you and show you, oh, maybe I'll do this. There's a book that somebody gave me to read, which I think is wonderful. Don't buy it. It's not worth it. Excuse me. <laughs> Trans- what is it? Yeah, I, I am funny, you know, and that's yeah. what everybody says. I went to the doctor the other day and one of the nurses came out and she said, I just wanted to see you again. You make me smile. <laughs> if I had had that when I die, I made people happy. I didn't. Th- now that, that's what Emmanuel told me. He said, Barbara, you can never fix anybody. As you place your hand on their heart, Take it away and put it on your own. Mm. And that's what it is. But there was something here, and I probably won't be able to find it. But there was something here about spiritual teachers. Mm-hmm. And so what this man is saying is to assist spiritual progress, choose verifiable teachers and teachings and avoid those that have something to gain by one's adherence to or alignment with them. Avoid groups or teachers that are needy, acquisitive, or controlling. I'm not going to read anymore, but I did a study last year of all the gurus Hello, you're laughing, right? <laughs> this one is jail. That one did that. That one, you know, it's like, I had that happen to me. Mm. You go looking for them to give it to you. But it's so much easier to be to have somebody tell you what to do. I think that 
I think a lot of people prefer to be able to blame than actually holding responsibility for everything. It's 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 the it's the road less traveled. <laughs> but uh, you're laughing, and uh, but yet don't get any place. You don't get any place, and I think that is God, Tonya. I had a teacher that okay here. You can't copy a teacher. Like, if I were in love with you, you know, you, I would wear my hair like you. You know, and I would wear blue like you. And we all do that, right? Yes, yes. So I couldn't do it with Emmanuel because he didn't have a body. Mm. And so, and it's funny. He used to say, I offer you this with all the love in the universe. Wow. And that's what that little kid was saying. I didn't teach it to him. Well, now I'm trying to offer it to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing a group and one very dear and wonderful friend and client said to me, Barbara, when when Adriana, I still go there, when Emmanuel uh, offers it with all the love and humor, she said, my shoulders drop. Take a big breath. I'm spacious. And she says, when you do it, I think you're going to hit me with the breath. <laughs> right? Okay. And I'm saying, oh my God. This, this was in the 80s. So I've done a lot of learning. <laughs> and so I, I had a session with Emmanuel I'm so grateful for this opportunity to remember what I'm grateful for. Mm. I said to Emmanuel, uh, this is what happened. And this is what Renee said to me, you know, after the session. And I want to know why, when you say it. Mute it again. And he said, if you haven't noticed, I do not have a body. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're laughing, but think about it. He said, therefore, I don't have a personality. Mm. Therefore, I don't have an ego. And therefore, when I offer you something with love, and I take a breath here, I do not have a demand or a requirement that you receive it. Mm. And that's what that little boy was saying to me. So what I've learned, you know, even beyond when you came to me, is all you can be is love. And anything that isn't unconditional, and name people that love unconditionally, it's the biggest task. That's a big breath. So I go all over the world teaching, or was teaching, the difference between special love, which is the falling in love part, and then unraveling is, do I love you because I want something from you, or do I love you because I know what love is? So almost, I only have four people left that I do not love unconditionally. Or that you don't love unconditionally. And so that's the last thing. <laughs> Four people that you want something from. Okay. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. And it, it's the management, the manager of this building. <laughs> you know, when they don't come up and fix something that's wrong with this building, I get like a lion. <laughs> I wish I didn't. I try to say, stop, breathe. You're taking the bait. You're not getting what you want. And that little child is still going crazy in you. So I try to pick up. And this man that I told you about, Stuart Emery, he said, get to know your fear. He said, go to bed with your fear. Wake up with your fear. And know when fear is challenging you and whispering to you. So I tell all my students to buy a teddy bear. If you could see the back of my bed, I have three very lovely plush animals. And they remind me. That was part one of my conversation with Reverend Bebra Atsara. And you're listening to Tanya Pinkins, You Can't Say That. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.